in history. Maybe you read about it, or rather what they let you read about it, probably is some minor item buried somewhere on a back page. However, what happened in that city between May 16th and May 28th of this year was so incredible that to this day the facts have been suppressed in a massive effort to save certain political careers from disaster and law enforcement officials from embarrassment. This will be the last time I will ever discuss these events with anyone. So when you have finished this bizarre account, Judge for yourself its believability, and then try to tell yourself, wherever you may be, it couldn't happen here. Hello and welcome to a special Halloween edition of Third Degree Burn. I am Tim Elliott, and I've got uh, with me today, I've got John Hyatt. Hello. And from across the pond, across the globe, we have Nigel Spink. Hello. It's always, uh, it's always nice to have Nigel on. It gives our uh, podcast an international feel. Yep. I'm the Berlin fan in Japan. That's right. I love I'm going to put that on a shirt. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, we are, this is kind of my idea. We always do kind of try to do a Halloween uh, show in October. And I threw a couple ideas out, and Nigel thought this one was a good one. So we are going to be covering uh, Action Comics issue 585. Now, this is when Byrne was doing, he just started Superman and he started doing action comics and he kind of turned it into a, a Marvel team up or a Marvel two on one where it was always Superman and then another DC hero or or antagonist or something, another DC character. Uh, so this one, he is team with the Phantom Stranger. So I thought this was an appropriate uh, uh, topic for Halloween. So uh, before we kind of get in, this was this issue, I think, is my first introduction to The Phantom Stranger, because I really wasn't reading DC until Byrne jumped onto Superman, and I kind of followed him over. So, uh, had you, I think, Nigel, you said you didn't know anything about this character? I, I don't really know anything about him as regards to what he can do and where he came from and all the rest of it. I have seen him before, although I can't remember exactly which story... <laughs> it was in so his appearance was not a, a surprise to me i've seen him before but as i say yeah i don't really know much about him yeah i think he's in legends because legends was going on oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, at the same time as this yeah yeah, yeah. So. he's in yeah he might be in legends and i thought i'd seen him uh, maybe in something else uh, as well not, you, John? Appearing, oh. not appearing for very long but so this is your first um, introduction to him ever, Tim, or uh, post-crisis? Oh, interesting. Ever, yeah. Because well, I really wasn't reading any post-crisis DC. I'd pick up stuff now and then, but I was more, much more heavily involved in Marvel. Yeah, so um, well, I was familiar with Phantom Stranger from uh, pre-crisis. 
So I, I know of the character and he, you know, had read stories like Brave and the Bold and DC Comics Presents or wherever uh, Phantom Stranger would show up. So um, uh, this was my first time meeting the post-crisis stranger. So I'm not quite sure how much different than the pre-crisis stranger he is. But it seems like just from this issue, he's pretty much the same, which is very, uh, I'm only going to give you what I want to tell you. Otherwise, yeah. I'm keeping everything uh, under my hat. <laughs> but, which is a really cool hat, by the way, <laughs> yeah. and uh, and uh, make you figure it out for yourself for the good of the story, which which was cool. Yeah, well, from the limited research I did, I think they kind of kept his um, his origin the same from pre to post crisis, although he does have uh, his back. They've never actually revealed his backstory, who he is, yeah. where he came from, yeah. but. There, I guess there are a couple different versions of who he could possibly be. He's uh, uh, I, I read that he's kind of DC's equivalent to the Watcher. You know, he's his powers are vague. He shows up, he usually gives you vague information. He doesn't help directly. He more yeah. assists, um, and he's he just kind of comes and goes. I don't think he's ever had yeah, a long-lasting. That's a pretty good assessment of him, I think. Um... He, he interferes enough to get the story going, but, um, you know, he's kind of a mysterious character. And I like that about Phantom yeah. Stranger. Yeah. You mm. know, um, I think it's kind of a cool, mystical, supernatural character. You're never really quite sure. And um, I don't ever recall there being an origin story of sort to him, but I never needed one for him just because of the type exactly. of character he was. I exactly. didn't want one. Exactly. And to me, that would kind of spoil it and not to go too far astray. But it was kind of like with when we got the little tidbits of Storm's backstory, I kind of mm -hmm. or Raven from the Teen Titans. Um, you know, I kind of like them to be a little bit more mysterious and nebulous in their backstories. When we when they started re revealing these bits of them, it's kind of like, OK, now I've kind of <laughs> lost that mystery and appeal mm -hmm. to them. You know, you wanted to know it, but the fact that they kept withholding it was kind of cool. Kind of like, uh, and again, I'm way off track, sorry. But like in uh, New Teen Titans number four, when they uh, they showed her and her cowl fell off and it revealed her face, I was disappointed. Not because the, the, the character wasn't beautiful or whatever, but because I liked that mysterious element of Raven. Mm -hmm. And... And I like that about the Phantom Stranger that we just don't know. He's just this kind of asshole that shows up and <laughs> tells you you got to do something, but doesn't tell you how to do it. And you know he knows how, or he's holding all the cards, but he's going to make you figure it out for yourself. Right. You know? Right. Right. <laughs> kind of like what he did with Superman. He's just like, um, yeah, Superman. Super. Oh well, we'll get into it. But it was just uh, kind of like yeah. what he did in the story. You know, it's just kind of like, yeah. wow. All right, man. But that was that's the appeal to me of the Phantom Stranger, and it always had been in yeah. the stories, and it kind of always made that really cool, um, mysterious element to the story that came over from you know that the mystery line that I liked. Well, and so, his... John, so John, um, so John, yes. If if you say the Phantom Stranger is a little bit like the Watcher from Marvel. Well, what I always thought, there's another character in DC called, is it Metron? There's a guy called Metron, is it? 
Isn't yeah, he yeah. a Dark Side or Apocalypse or something? He's involved with that. Yeah, yeah. And he's he gods and all that. And that's yeah, all he kind of appears and disappears and sort of just watches things. And um, what would you say he, he? What would you say his equivalent is then? Metron. Yeah. Um, you know, he never really showed up much in most of the mainstream DC universe. It almost seemed like it was contained within the Kirby New Gods world. Oh, right. That's what I thought. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there were, there were some aspects that might bleed over probably into Superman mostly, just because Superman was mm -hmm. the popular character at the that time, which was the 70s, 80s. Uh, but mm -hmm. um, I don't really... If, if there was, it would be probably... Um, like the game master over at Marvel, or okay. yeah. or the guy that the the guy in Marvel that had the box as his um, oh, body. I um, don't remember his name. Oh, the Shaper of Worlds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With, yeah. With the scroll kite kind of head. Yeah. 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 Yeah, 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 right. Yeah, yeah. Well, DC also has the the Spectre, who is kind of like mm. Phantom Stranger. I think he kind of comes and goes and interferes or manipulate stuff as he is i think apparently yeah. these two have kind of had a uh interactions in the past yeah inspector we had an origin story um with his and yeah. he was kind of even a bigger jerk than the phantom stranger I yeah think. yeah <laughs> <laughs> well, well that, that was kind of the appeal of those two characters <laughs> yeah is that you know they were they were there to to get something going but you know, they they didn't make it easy for the heroes. No. Well, in the, his previous issues, did he do the fourth wall break like he's doing in this issue? Um, yeah, I think there was always kind of a narrative around okay. the Phantom Stranger as it came in. He was kind of like the, oh gosh, I can't remember the guy from uh, from all of the uh, the DC House House of uh, Secrets and all of that, you know, oh, that, like the Crypt Keeper or something. The Crypt Keeper, yeah, he yeah. was kind of like the Crypt Keeper of the story, and then he would go into the story, and uh, but yeah, it, it was kind of like a narrative from him. What's a role? This is a little Rod Serling like, where he and we're, we'll get into it when he the the book opens. He's basically mm -hmm. addressing the reader and kind of yeah. Uh, well, it's yeah, he does. He's it's the first splash page. Yeah. Uh, yeah so cold open. before we do, you kind of <clears> did mention this, but I pulled up uh, Mike's Amazing World, and the other things that came out this month from Burn uh, was Legends and Superman number two. So, and in the letters page, we saw comments from Man of Steel, and the excitement from that. So um, it looks like Burn was pretty much a Superman uh, writer and penciler <laughs> at this time. He was, yeah, he was. Uh deep in that because he had just started he just finished his the man of steel miniseries and he started doing the superman book proper and then he yeah. was doing um action comics which i i liked a lot because one as a non-dc reader it gave gave me experience with other characters like in this so i got you know got to see superman and i got to see him interact with somebody i had had knew nothing about so that was a lot of fun and had you know the stories are pretty good and it, um had some great artwork so I'm kind of the shame we only got the I think we got about 14 or 15 issues out of um, him while he was doing uh, doing the action comics. But, uh, OK, well, I will get uh, let's kind of jump into a story here. Uh, well, um, oh, before we go do, ahead. Uh, since we're on Halloween stuff, you want to talk about some Halloween shows um, that you're looking at? Or, I mean, 
Um, remember last year, Werewolf by Night came out, which is really cool. That's uh, true. And I I, uh, I see that it's available now, but I also see that Disney is releasing a full color version this year. I heard year. that. And I'm like, oh my God. For me, I don't like that idea because the whole intrigue of this original one was the black and white and then you right. get the color part at the end. Uh, spoilers. But... Um, <laughs> what, do you guys, what do you guys think of uh, them put, releasing a full colorized version of that story, of that uh, uh, a movie? Um, Did you see the original, well, Nigel? Yes, yeah, I saw yeah, the original. Tim, you saw it, right? Yeah. I, yeah. I, 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 my first reaction when they said they were going to release color, I thought, oh, that sounds good. Uh, so I'm I'm looking forward to seeing it. I know, yeah, for some people, after the black and white version, uh, like you say, it might not be so good. Um, I don't know. I'll, it depends what it's like. Oh, excuse me. <clears throat> it depends what it's like when it when it lands and I see it. But I kind of was intrigued to know what it would look like in color. So. I'm going to find out. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think I'm with you, Nigel. I'm more curious as yeah. to what it's going to look like. As to, and it because, it feels yeah. a, it feels a little like this is kind of a gimmick to get people to just watch it again that we yeah, released yeah, it in yeah. color. But um, it, it's mainly for <laughs> it's not so much. I mean, I can imagine what Werewolf will look like in color already, and one or two other things. But there, there's a lot of other characters in it. And I'd like to know what they, you know, what they're going to look like in in full color. I'd like to see the man thing. That's what I'm curious about. In color, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, worth. Uh, well, like you, I'll probably I'll probably check it out just to see how it looks in color. Yeah. I'm I'm just kind of I know I'm judging ahead of time, but to me <laughs> it would be like colorizing the original Dracula or the original Frankenstein <laughs> or. Or mm. colorizing um, um, young Frankenstein. It's just <laughs> mm. the whole the whole way that this was created was for a, a specific reason, and it worked. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, well, I just don't know, but yeah, yeah, they they may be appealing to one people to get it's just to get people to watch it again because now it's in color, and two, I think it appeals to there is a certain uh, <clears throat> group of people. It's mostly young people, I think, that just will not watch black and white. Yeah. They won't watch an old movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, maybe that's way to get them to like, oh, well, you didn't watch it the first time because it was a black, black and white. Now uh, you are going to lose a lot of the great noir shadowy feel of the original yeah. one. So um, yeah. usually it's it's the opposite. You know, like with um, when Darabont put out The Mist, he put out a black and white version because that's how he originally wanted to release it. And with... Uh, Mad Max. There's what's called the Chrome version, which is a black and white version of that film, the latest Mad Max mm. Fury Road, um, mm. which I've heard. I haven't seen it, but I've heard it's very good. Um, so it's interesting to to because I'm sure it was shot in color, and they just put a filter over it when they um, yeah when they released it. You know, so yeah, mm. you know, and there were elements that were color in in the film. The Bloodstone yeah. was. The bloodstone was a color, wasn't it? Yeah, there were there were yeah. little elements here which emphasize that aspect of it, and so that's what made it interesting. And and I see your point, um, Tim, that there are people who 
I mean, they're not just not used to black and white. I mean, right. me they growing up and, and you guys, I mean, many of the films we grew up in were black and white. <laughs> I mean, I, I was just thinking of it. I'm like, how, what percentage of the films that were part of my repertoire growing up were black and white? 50 percent, 75 percent. I yeah. mean, a big chunk of my 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 the films growing up were black and white. Mm. Uh, just because color wasn't widely used because it was so expensive until the mid 1960s. Well, Unless and then yeah, also, motion yeah, picture. yeah, also, I'm going to say, even when they did make them in color, uh, if you didn't have a color TV, yeah. right. which, which we didn't, <laughs> then I saw a lot of colored films in black and white as a kid as well. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, well, so this is the, this is the, they usually do it around here. Uh, they will re-release a lot of films, um, like Phantom Events will release um, yeah. classic horror films or even classic, more like slasher films, like Halloween, that sort of thing. Uh, just, just a plug for Phantom Events. That is so cool that they do that at, at I think it's AMC Theaters, mm -hmm. that they'll just all across. So if people can find some of those things, they're really cool. I've seen a couple of films that way. And it's wonderful. They don't. I've looked at their schedule this this uh, this year, and for October they're not doing much. Oh, that's um, too bad. I know it is. There is a. We have a theater that opened up here in Vegas called. It's the the Beverly. The I think it's like. No, well, they've got that thing. Uh, <laughs> but they were talking about that because they weren't selling enough tickets. They were talking about putting movies inside it. Um, well, how cool would it be to see a film? 360. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my goodness. Wow. <laughs> but anyway, um, sorry. It distracted no, me. No, no. We have, uh, you know, the new Beverly that's in L.A. or Hollywood, uh -huh. one or the other. And it's, I think it's owned by Tarantino. And it, uh, it, it's like an art house theater. So it shows first run and it shows uh, retro, you know, films. Well, they've got a Beverly here in Vegas and they are doing not a lot for uh, horror. They are showing like Halloween and they're showing... A few other not classic stuff. Uh, if you have a a uh, Alamo Draft House near you, they do a really good job during October showing. Because when I back in Texas, that's where I saw the original Frankenstein, Bride of Frankenstein. I saw um, Creature of the Black Lagoon in 3D, which was cool. Wow. Uh, I've seen um, what else did I see there? I think I've seen I've seen the Wolfman there. So that's always a lot of fun if you can find that kind of stuff near you to see that stuff on the big screen, because you'll yeah. see, you'll notice stuff you've never noticed before. So it's really wonderful. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of them they've remastered and cleaned up and fixed a lot of the, the scratches and whatnot that we had when we were kids. So. Yeah. yeah. If you're uh, if you are to, to plug myself, if you're interested in the Wolfman, it hasn't come out. I don't think it's come out yet, but uh, I recorded with Paul Spataro on, is it Jaws? We covered um, Evan Costello meet Frankenstein and the Wolfman, and those will fun. be released in October. Oh, as part fantastic. of his, uh, oh, yeah, that was, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, um, check it out. Yep. All right, uh, let's get into our spooky story here. Let's do. Uh, as I said, this is Action Comics issue five eighty five. Uh, it is at a cover price of seventy five cents. Our writer artist is John Byrne. Inker is Dick Giordano. Our colorist is Tom Zuko. I think that's how it's pronounced. Lettering is John Costanza. Cover art's John Byrne. Editor is Andrew uh, Heifer. And our editor-in-chief is also Dick Giordano. Uh, 
Uh, this had a release date of November 27, 1986, and the cover date of February 1987. 32 pages, 22 stories. Uh, you already brought this up, I think, John, but his other works were Legends Number 4, where he was penciler. Um, Marvel, Marvel Tales number 196 reprints Marvel Team Up number 62. That's not new work of his, but it's reprint his work. And Superman number two, uh, he was writer artist on that. And uh, a bit of note on this, I think it was retcon later, but post crisis, this is Superman's first encounter with magic. Later, mm-hmm. it was retconned in Superman Annual number seven that there was an earlier incident, but <laughs> up until that point, this is his first time to find out that he is vulnerable to magic. All right, Action Comics five eighty five, titled "And Graves Give Up Their Dead." Prologue. The Phantom Stranger stands among the tombstones of a small cemetery, a, gra- a graveyard that is the final resting place for 100 evil men. He invites us to travel with him as he tells his tale. We open on Superman being drained of his life force by the sorceress Arathaza Arath- aboard her flying fortress hovering over Metropolis. Withered, white-haired, and weakened, Superman manages to crawl within striking distance as Arathaza Arath- Arath- floats over her impending victory. Seizing the opportunity, Superman grabs her mystical staff shattering it on the floor. Her, sh- her staff destroyed, the flying fortress explodes, and Arathaza reverts to her mortal form of Barb Kowalski. Superman easily captures the now human woman and flies off with her as the phantom stranger looks on. Fragments of the fort- as fragments of the fortress fall to the earth, becoming a fine mist and dissolving, all but one, a fragment from the magical staff. The explosion hurls at 100 miles from Metropolis to land in the graveyard. Jim reacts to the earth violently. Later, Superman heads home and is greeted by the Phantom Stranger in his apartment. The Stranger tells Superman he has a task for him. Before the Kryptonian can object, the Phantom Stranger teleports both of them to the scene of a uh, uh, both of them to the scene of a whirling mass of earth and stone near the graveyard. As Superman attempts to contain the monster, the mound speaks. There is an intelligence within. It's alive, and Superman is reluctant to destroy it. The Stranger tells Superman the monstrosity is not really alive and phases into it. He is transported to the kingdom of the dead, where the undead responsible for summoning the beast reside. The stranger discovers that the ghosts are the souls of the wicked, murderers, rapists, and robbers who use the power of the Sherebite stone that landed nearby when Superman defeated Arathism. They use the stone's power to to conjure the whirling earth monster and send it rampaging towards Metropolis in order to seek vengeance on the living. Superman continues to battle the possessed mound of earth, Managed to stop its march towards Metropolis, but knows its final defeat is in the hands of the Phantom Stranger. The Stranger confronts the dead souls with their victims. The deads claim they are the victims, and the living must pay for their suffering. The Phantom Stranger realizes the gem is a source of power and manages to draw it from the Earth as the evil as the evil phantoms attack him. Back on Earth, Superman. T- back on Earth, the Stranger tells Superman he must sever the monster's connection with the Earth. Superman digs around the mound, collecting a tainted earth, and up, up, and away, carries it into orbit. He hurls it towards the sun, but not before the Phantom Stranger grabs the Kryptonian's arm and pulls himself free of the dirt. Back on the earth, back on Earth, the Stranger explains the graveyard was full of men whose hatred festered until the gem released them and gave them the power to conjure the earth monster. He gives the gem to Superman, who crushes it in his hand. The end. Oh, as a note, if you want to follow up on this story... Read Action Comics 589. No spoilers, though.
What'd you guys think? All right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Nice synopsis. Thank you. Uh, and I, I think everybody had already read this. I, do, I bought this off the off the rack. Uh, how about you or John or Nigel? Did you read it in its original publication date? I did not. No. This is, this is the first time for me, actually. Really? Oh, that'd be interesting. I, yeah, so I read it for the first time about three months ago now. Uh, I, when I, I took a trip to Tokyo earlier in the year, hunting for comics back issues, and uh, this is one that I picked up there. So I'd never, I'd never seen it or read it before. Um, I really, I only bought it for two reasons. One of them, obviously, because it's it's burn artwork. And the other one, when I uh, when I realised it was a done in one story, so I thought, oh yeah, I'll have that, and uh, yeah, because I don't have to chase up any other parts of it or whatever, which might have been a bit difficult here. <laughs> so yeah, I thought, yeah, that's just the kind of thing. And so yeah, as I say, I've I've only recently read it for the first time. Well, interesting. Well, that's um, like yeah. I said, you should read. If you find it, right? I've, I've got a digital copy so I can send you. Read 589 because yeah, it I enjoyed, follows up on uh, this. All right. Yeah, because I didn't know anything about 589. I re- As I say, I, I've only read it twice then because I read it again the other night just to make sure I was up on the story and everything. Um, I was going to ask about at the beginning when Superman's fighting Arathaza. Is this is this from another story? Is it's this not, from another uh, comic? No. It, so they it just feels made that way. this up. Yeah, right. yeah. I thought, you know, was this in a Superman story and this is just like the the final part of it where he defeats her? It's it's weird. It feels it's very much cold open and it feels like it's continuation from another book. Yeah, yeah. But I and thought but there's no editor's notes about you know, see such and such an issue or whatever. So I thought maybe not. Well, according to yeah. the wiki, this is her first and only appearance. Mm. So she shows in this comic, <laughs> this comic only. Yeah. Uh, so you don't, you don't, uh, which I thought was weird because it really is. You feel like you're coming yeah. in at the yeah. end of his adventure. Yeah. And she's got an alter ego and everything. Yeah. So yeah. that that's, that's, surprised me too and then when i looked at the previous issue it's the one where um he was fighting the teen titans so um yeah. mm-hmm. uh i was like what what's going on here it, so that, yeah. was, that was cool actually uh, when you yeah. look at it now it's like you don't have to know you don't have to have every adventure i mean it would be cool maybe to see what that might have been but yeah mm-hmm. well she's mm-hmm. very much like um enchantress from uh who was in the, the suicide squad film but that's um, a yeah, yeah. That's a yeah. woman who's possessed. Not the Marvel one. Yeah, no, no, not that, forgot, one. not that I one. Not that one. I forgot the two enchantresses. Yeah, yeah. yeah uh, uh, June Moon, I think is her name, where she's possessed by uh, an evil spirit or something and becomes the enchantress, and then she'll mm. revert back to her human form of June Moon. So it's very. Uh, this is very similar to that. Um, yeah, I thought the um, the scene where he. Uh, and I'm not sure I buy buy uh, Superman's um, idea of uh, that he's that I guess she can only draw his life force when he's exerting his superpower. So he kind of kind of fakes being dead or just passes out and mm. stops using energy. And that's uh, 
he you know he had he just he grabs her staff and smashes it on the ground and that kind of uh, breaks yeah. the breaks the 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 spell or whatever it is but it's very similar to um if you're familiar with all with Star Trek there's a an episode and it's their Halloween episode called Cat's Paw where <laughs> yeah. at the end when Bur- uh, Kirk is going up against um uh, and I can't remember the the woman's name but she has a uh, they call it a transmuter it looks like a magic wand and at one point he grabs it and smashes it and then everything his illusion just disappears so mm-hmm. it's, I thought that was very and Burn being a huge Trek fan that's very Star similar Trek, to yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh-huh. but yeah, he uh, he apparently says this is it finds out that he's not. But he tells that this Phantom Stranger later that he's not. He's vulnerable to magic, um, which I think is a is that a we need Brian on this show. Is that a burn creation? Because <laughs> pre crisis he was not uh, susceptible to magic, was he? Yes, know. he was. Yeah, he was. That, okay, that definitely was he and Supergirl. They were all not able to. Um, uh, do anything magic kind of like disabled them right they, they okay so that's magic. not new okay i thought no, that might have been a but that's, been a, that's good yeah that's yeah. good to know because yeah. yeah one of the things i didn't like about superman when i was younger was the fact that he seemed to be unbeatable right. in every way um but it's nice to know he had a weakness <laughs> well other than kryptonite that was seen to yeah, fall back yeah yeah, yeah but other than that, that, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, I like this kind of little cold open that just really, it's there to set up the gym. That's all it's for. Mm. Just to, uh, so you get three pages of just um, her. Uh, it's similar to uh, when we covered the Space 1999 issues, that there was one where he had his <laughs> elaborate backstory for these two aliens. that kind of just was a setup for the rest of the story. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I thought this was... Um, um, and it's and it's funny it's it's not it's never called out in this issue, but later it's revealed that this is a prison cemetery. I thought, why are there this is this graveyard just full of evil men? I thought maybe it's like a like a pauper's grave where you know if you're a, mm. a criminal and you can't afford to be buried, they'll mm. bury you like in a pauper's grave. But apparently it's a cemetery, it's a cemetery that was used by a prison uh, to explain why that's all you know. They said it's murders, rapists, and and and. Mm. When he's later, when the Phantom Stranger is kind of confronting the, the the ghosts or specters with their victims, and he kind of points out all of the things they did. Some of them are pretty horrific. Yeah, as to what was going yeah. on? It's pretty dark. Um, but <laughs> just 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 showing the the times <laughs> of the age. I mean, I don't yeah. think they would do stuff like that nowadays. But no, 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 no. But but, uh, no. but back then it was just like, no, here's reality, kids. <laughs> that was yep, yep, yep. whoa. <laughs> How about um, that opening splash page, though? Wasn't that really cool? That is, and I love the fact that he is breaking the fourth wall and talking to us. Um, mm-hmm. I like Burns' use of the gravestones for the credits uh, yes. for the book. <laughs> that was cool. Which he's done before. Hmm? Yeah, that's that's. Um, <laughs> and I like how he's tactic. And I guess it's the way he's. It's almost like he's done him like um, Nightcrawler, where he's got this permanent shadow over his eyes. Or yeah. It's supposed to be the brim mm. of his hat, but he's got this permanent shadow over his eyes. We can't see until occasionally you do see his eyes when he wants to. Um, yeah, almost to a point where it almost looks like he's wearing a mask. Um, yeah, but yeah, I'd be interested. In, um, I, it made me. I never have reached out to the reading more about Phantom Stranger, but now I'm kind of curious as to his more um, reading more of his because it's more of the the mystical side of DC. Um, 
But yeah, it's mm. uh, I thought he did a great job of drawing Superman as this withered uh, old man. His costume just hanging off of him. <laughs> He's gray haired. He's a shriveled old guy. Um, yep. So Tim. Uh, I thought there was one, but there's a Phantom Stranger omnibus out there that wow. released earlier this year, or actually just a couple months ago in August, uh, that it's all pre-crisis stuff. But uh, yeah, there's an omnibus out for uh, the Phantom Stranger. Um, I, I just I, I thought there was, so I did a quick check, and yeah, I'm looking on Amazon, and there it is. I need to see if uh, uh, Brian gave me all of his digital books. And I don't know if the Phantom Stranger is not. He had a much bigger collection than I did, but it, it collects a lot of stuff up to uh, right up to uh, Crisis. So, Crisis, yeah. Well, uh, what's interesting is he. No, oh, sorry, Nigel. Or, I was going to say it's not. It doesn't collect any post-Crisis stuff. So right. it's all the way back to. Wow, I didn't know this. Apparently, he had his own six-issue series in 1952, <laughs> and yeah, and he had a 40-issue series in 19 uh, starting in 1969. Wow! So yep. uh, mm-hmm. it it includes all of that. So if you want, that's that'd be nice. If you want yeah. some Phantom Stranger? This looks like <laughs> a place to get it. I have to mm-hmm. talk to uh, to David. Apparently, uh, Jim Aparo and Neil Adams did some work on it, mm-hmm. and that early that early one. Um, and it's odd that he they point out that he predates. Flash by four years. Yeah. So even though he's, so they said he should have been considered Earth Two because he's before Flash, but he's always been considered Earth One. Mm-hmm. So he's he's not a not a, he didn't cross over when they did the they did the uh, yeah. the, the crisis. But yeah, he's a kind of interesting character. I would like to uh, kind of explore him more. And I, and I to your point, I, I think this early story is kind of I want to you kind of want to know what happened with. Um, Superman, you know, how did he, did this woman just show up? Did she, you know, did he, he flew up there and then she started draining his energy. I mean, how long has he been there? What, what is, he says it's been like 48 hours. So he's maybe been fighting her for 48 hours. Yeah, pretty crazy. Um, yeah. Uh, that was an interesting, you know, three pages, uh, probably because they couldn't drag the story out any longer. Right. Uh, so right. they had to fill it in because, uh, once it gets into the Phantom Stranger part, to me, it really t- takes a turn into like a House of Mystery style mm-hmm. comic, which I really enjoyed, especially thinking about for our Halloween episode. I'm like, oh, yeah, now this is the stuff. I mean, <laughs> this is this is like a House of Mystery or, you know, creepy type uh, comic book uh, sh- uh, uh, story that, that we Yeah, have. it is. Exactly. It feels like those 70s when... They really, you know, when they kind of raised the code on uh, doing horror stuff and all of the, the haunted house uh, books were out and the, yep. you know, um, just the, all the, they were more anthologies. They weren't really connected to anything. Yep. This has, does has a very kind of a creepy or eerie um, feel to it, you know? The, yeah. And, and, when, and the, the whole story, the whole battle there does set up how the monster or the, you know, gets gets created with mm-hmm. the the jewel from the staff uh, falling into this uh, grave, this particular graveyard. Right. And I want to point out when, uh, what page is it? When he, uh, well, it's uh, on mine, it's page nine. And when he first, it's when Superman first is reacting to this and 
Burn is going. This is why I love the way Burn drew Superman or wrote Superman because he really understood the character. Where he's talking about Superman, it's not like he's fearless, but he's not giving in to his fear. He and he talks about his will and that he says he he has strength of will in almost infinite amounts. So he's overcoming his natural um, revulsion to this thing, and he's doing what he has to do, and he's attacking it. Mm-hmm. If you read, if you read those three pages where they talk about how he's his force of will, uh, remember that when you read five eighty nine. Because to me, that come I don't want to spoil it, but that come into play mm-hmm. in that story. Okay, mm-hmm. um, I'll check that out. Yeah. Quick yeah. question: uh, You mentioned that this was a prison cemetery. Since it's been established that Metropolis and Gotham are the twin cities of the of the uh, DC universe. Is this maybe an Arkham Asylum? It would not. Sur- that would be that would be cool. It, it wouldn't surprise me. Uh, I don't know how far uh, Gotham and um, Metropolis are, but it well, doesn't seem. But they're, they're, supposedly, they're across the river from each other. <laughs> well, yeah, in the movies, they're like St. Yeah. Paul and um, Minneapolis. Yeah. Minneapolis, like Twin Cities. But I thought, I thought it was always considered Metropolis was New York and Gotham was Chicago, so they were that distance apart. Uh, I always thought that too, but I, I just don't know with how they're doing stuff now. And even then, I, I'm just not familiar enough with it if that's what they consider the new canon. So, um, yeah, the movies have made it to be like they're the twin cities across right. the river. They're right next to each other, right? Which yeah. I don't like. <laughs> yeah, no, but no, they don't. They want to be the yin and yang and blah, blah, blah. But uh, um, I kind of like mm. there being a bit more of a. Although it does make it a little bit difficult for such convenient team ups between Superman and Batman, um, you know. Well, if they are, I would think that if they are the, like the Twin Cities, the way they they had them in the movies, is they would be almost in each other's business all the time because they're they're yeah. literally right across a river from each yeah. other. I think they'd be uh, poking the nose in each, in each other's business. Um, <laughs> now. Uh, I'm going to go back a couple pages because you took us right up to page nine. But I kind of right. like, like the fact that uh, when the Phantom Stranger is sitting there in Clark's apartment, Superman's kind of whining like, you know, I'm kind of tired. You yeah. know, don't, go find <laughs> yeah. someone else. <laughs> I'm like, that's not the pre-crisis Superman. The pre-crisis Superman would have been like, all right, man, let's go. And yeah. here, this Superman's kind of like, no, you know, I'm a little tired. I just had a big fight. You know, go find, go, go get Wonder Woman or something. Like, Dr. Fate. On. He drops <laughs> Dr. Fate, yeah. Well, and he, I will, yeah, go, we'll say. Get Dr. Fate. <laughs> he does have a point, you know. He just he just found out that he's vulnerable to magic. And he kind of, you know, almost died. So he's like, no, I don't want to. Go, go get somebody who knows how to deal with magic. Don't get me. And the stranger's like, sorry, you got you to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the next thing you know, there they are, right at the cemetery. They're just there, like, yeah. Oh, for Pete's yeah. sake! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's, once it, he realizes the danger, he's on it. You know, right? But I just right. kind of like the the little bit of a whiny Superman right there. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's Burn trying to make him a little more um, yeah. human, but yeah, yeah, you, which is which is yeah. nice, which is a nice yeah. change. Yeah, and then the what, next page, that whole. Um, the reveal of the the cemetery man, whatever, kind of reminded me of the Alpha Flight issue where he, yeah. where they had the the snowbird issue where they the guy, um, Tundra, uh, they fought Tundra. Tundra. Yeah. that's right. Issue one, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh was that an issue? It one? was Alpha Flight issue one, yeah, where oh, they fought okay. the Tundra monster. Like... 
Yeah. yeah, I thought it was a couple issues in, but yeah, that one, yeah, Tundra. Yeah, there's another one later with Snowbird, uh, the yeah. the white the whiteout issue. The whiteout. Yeah. yeah, no, that's not that's, the one. I meant the one with. No. Yeah, I think that's number seven. Yeah. yeah, we've covered that one. We covered yeah. the the whiteout issue. Yeah, we just um, played a bunch of whiteout noise and yeah. <laughs> forty five minutes. <laughs> and I did a I did a an all white cover for the artwork. Um, <laughs> But to your point of him being the stranger being cryptic, he says, um, I have a task for you. And he says, well, okay, what? He says, oh, I got to show you. I can't tell you. I can't I can't explain it to you. You wouldn't comprehend. And so I'm just going to show you. So he teleports him to uh, this. I guess this thing had just started. So I don't know how long. I guess it's just a matter of hours before or after he dropped off. I guess he dropped this woman off somewhere her apartment or with the authorities and then went home. Uh, and he's also kind of curious as to why he knows how to look for him in Clark Kent's apartment. And he says, yeah. you know, there's very few things secret from me. <laughs> so basically, yeah, I, I know who you are. But, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Trying to keep up that secret ID. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah, I was just, I was just popping in on Clark for an interview. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, talking about that panel there where he's waiting for Superman, I think that's the most burn like panel in the story, for me anyway, as I oh, look the, at it. The page six, where you, when Superman's yeah. first coming in the window? Yeah, he's coming through the window and the Phantom Stranger's just sat waiting for him. Yep. That That's, for me, that's the most burn like artwork of, the, of this issue. <laughs> really? Okay. Yeah. It's just maybe it's just the ways it's drawn, you know, and with the with Phantom Stranger being like all black almost, mm -hmm. and then but then you were talking about page nine earlier. Again, with the artwork on page nine, I I almost feel like somebody else did the faces on Superman. To me, mm -hmm. they don't look particularly burn like. It might be the 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 pencil or the. Um... I think it's the inking. The inking, the inking might be, yeah, yeah that Diodano is, yeah. Um, especially that upper left where Superman's kind of got his mouth open. That yeah. looks, that almost looks like uh, Klaus Janssen did the inking on that one. <laughs> it kind of does, yeah. yeah. And, you know, maybe maybe they were still trying to keep the the familiarity with the with the pre-crisis mm. Superman style, yeah. and yeah. Giordano and Swan and uh, Schaffenberger were. Pretty yeah. much known for how they drew Superman, and there was a, mm -hmm. a style choice. So, so I'm going to say, and then that that bottom panel on page nine, where where he's hitting the uh, the forming creature, yeah, that that could well not be burn at all for me. Yeah, the I way see. they've drawn Superman. Yeah. And I think I think it's the inking on it, and I don't know if mm -hmm. if maybe Burn was doing uh, rough layouts. Because Possibly, yeah. Yeah. up until that, I think it's very burned. Like the splash page with the Phantom Stranger. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And then all the stuff with yeah. the, the Sorcerers yeah. feels, because the, the design looks very burn-like, her mm. elaborate little bikini <laughs> costume. Her um, nearly costume. Yeah. 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 And if her. you knew who his inker was, he might have, you know, laxed off here and there because he was drawing two other books. He was. So, mm -hmm. you know, he might have thought, you know, I can just 
do an outline concept or I can do, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not trying to speak for burn, but I'm just saying maybe <laughs> that was something. Mm. And knowing the the quality that Giordano can do, he's yeah. like, hey, this is just what I'm doing. Here's some basic stuff. Mm. And then Giordano mm. uh, finished it off, finished it. Yeah. Yeah. You know? yeah. yeah, I didn't notice that. Yeah, until you said that, Nigel, I really hadn't paid that enough attention. It didn't it didn't pop out to me that uh, some of these look a little, and it's the inking. I think the it looks yeah. like it's inked with a little finer pen instead of a brush, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but and then when you get into the, you actually when the stranger goes into this thing, he phases into yeah. it or whatever he's doing, and he goes to the world, the kingdom of the dam. Yeah, the <laughs> the ghouls are very Bernie Wrightson like. They are yeah. rotting. And mm. their clothes are hanging out, so that's very seventies uh, horror comic. Mm. Yeah, yeah, creepy. Yeah, yeah. totally. It's yeah. that that page, uh, page thirteen, is just so cool because it mm. totally brings you into that whole uh, horror comic easy stuff. You know, exactly. Like, yeah, exactly. This is just this totally made it for me. I was like, all right, now I'm really into. The Halloween feel of this for the next couple of pages. Yeah. This was great. Well, I love that flare of his cloak, the Phantom Stranger, mm-hmm. that's kind of flapping up to reveal this mock trial that he's on. That um, he's... And, and, and isn't that that horror comic thing? Yeah, we're putting you on trial yep. because yep. we're the victims here. <laughs> we're we're <laughs> the criminals, but we're the victims. Yep. <laughs> and the fact that they're drawn is. As these rotting corpses, instead of just their, uh, because when the stranger reveals their victims, they look, look like regular people. Yeah, exactly. And yep. uh, the he could have drawn these as the men they were, but instead, mm-hmm. and the thing is to show that they've been here for, I think he says, you know, decades. That they feel they uh, it's kind of have and have nots. That the the the, the ghouls were like, well, the the living deserved it because they had money and and beauty and all this and possessions and we wanted them so we took them and that's when he explains you know well that's yeah. you know you 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 basically you're not the victim here you have uh, he tells him sing me no sad songs dead things um he explains how he knows why the uh, in the years of your living you brought great pain to all around you you seized the power reserved for the gods themselves and you killed without compunction and now now you dare assume the role of injured party <laughs> um so that was that they were very reminiscent of the um, in the, the is it the third Lord of the Rings movie Return of the King where he goes the when Aragorn goes and confronts the dead guys that are in the mountain. Mm. That kind of reminds me of that a little bit. Yeah, um, yeah. This this series of pages was really for me the best of the whole comic. I mean, I you know I like I like a good Superman fight, but uh, to me, it, it was really reminiscent of Tundra, and I could do without mm-hmm. it. I just love the whole Phantom Stranger part. I, I wish, I almost wish it was a whole Phantom Stranger story, uh, because I would love to have seen this expand out a little bit. Because this was just this, you know, just that three pages or four pages of the the trial part was so good and interesting to me. Well, it's so well written. I think Burn is really yeah. getting into this mystical. You know wherever this land is, he's at land, uh, this land beyond the dead or, or the undead or whatever it is. Yep. Um, that he can exist there, and you know, so we have Superman's in this. So we have to have him doing something. So he's yeah, continually exactly. fighting <laughs> this whirling mass of uh, rubble. 
that uh yeah. that burn is doing it but i agree the the scenes where mm. he is uh the phantom stranger is dealing with it's very dialogue heavy and he's explaining to these creatures that you know you're you're all evil he says he think he said calls them they are evil to the core and the victims are um you know you're not the victim they're the victims and yeah. when you get the backstory because some of the backstories are pretty pretty dark especially for the the school teacher mm-hmm. um that's um and yeah the rest are like you know it's just typical but that one is where they they say that she was you know they hint at what they did this woman and that yeah she felt so bad about that she took her own life so that's yeah that's heroin to your point john you would not see that in a book now um but it just enforces how evil these guys are and that they're somehow their hatred survived them dying and it just infested this graveyard and that's why they, they, when the gym showed up, which apparently the gym, I guess, is full of um, evil spirits or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were able to latch onto it and use that power to uh, create this, um, this whatever this earth monster thing is. It looks like a, it looks kind of like a giant um, skeleton kind of thing itself that is marching mm-hmm. towards um, Metropolis because they want to take revenge on the living for causing them to suffer. They imply that they've been somehow conscious, I guess this all these decades inside this graveyard so it's a <laughs> yeah. typical ghost story yeah yeah um but it's yep. a um and i i do like with the and what some burn did a lot when he was doing superman was superman uses his uh his smarts he's not just uh raw muscle you know when he showed when he when he was dealing with the enchantress at the beginning he was able to reason out how to stop her and kind of stops this um this this mound monster by clearing a path so he can't kind of like he says calls it like a fire break um and then later he does the same thing when the the phantom stranger says you need to break its connection so he buries on un- burrows under it and basically scoops up a huge amount of um, this graveyard just throws it into space yeah that was interesting yeah mm-hmm. uh, yeah but page uh, 17 18 are great too because you get more of the ghouls and this mock trial and the stranger is really, he's not phased by this at all. He seems to know exactly what he's doing. And that's when he finds the, uh, he finds the gym and then they all attack him. And that's where it looks to be very rights in that upper panel on page 18. That is very, uh, burn doesn't usually draw. I don't think he's ever drawn like skeletons or evil. You know, this is the, the walking dead like this, but mm-hmm. I like the fact that when they attack the stranger, because he's grabbed the gym, these somehow these incarnations of their victims yeah. come in and lend a hand. They attack him, which I thought yeah. was nice. That they are kind of re- they're Defend. defending him yeah. and yeah. getting their revenge at the same time. Uh, you know, um, I kind of uh, I must have um, just looked past that quickly, but you're right. Yeah. Good stuff, and you're right. This is these couple of pages are just so Bernie Wrightson and EC mm-hmm. style, yep. you know, and the House of Secrets style. It's just great stuff. Um, I, <laughs> I just can't can't say uh, how much I just love this this part of the story, or these parts <coughs> of the story. They're great. Yeah. Yeah. This one I think would be nice in black and white. You can um, have your yeah, inks. Probably it would be. Yeah. Yeah. You get the retooling. Speaking of- Speaking of black and white versions of stories, <laughs> yeah, great stuff, man. All the, all oh, the although, phantom, yeah. 
Didn't it feel, do you, do you, do you guys feel, uh, Nigel and Tim, do you feel like it was a little too convenient that he just said, oh, reveal to me the cause of this and the jewel shows up? I mean, <laughs> seemed, did that seem a little too, like, we're running out of pages, let's get this done? <laughs> Possibly. It this, this, I did it feel like it was a natural progression of the story? Mm. No, I, I, I do see what you mean. Like, he so conveniently seems to just, you know, bring the, the the stone as if he knew where it was all the time, uh, and yeah, then just pulls it out when he needs to. That, that's how I felt about it. Because uh, they're running out of pages, as you say, and we've got <laughs> to have and we've got to have Superman doing his heavy lifting bit yet and taking stuff into space. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it, it does seem like you don't until you read the rest of the story. He does seem like he's trying to distract this thing the entity or whatever it is that this thing is made up of mm. so superman so it'll pause so superman can then yeah. lift it off the earth maybe and yeah because he doesn't see like once for... he once he grabs the the the, the gem when he has it causes mm. it to come up by the ground which he seems to blast them with with no problem he he blasts mm. with some kind of fiery green uh, flames or something and takes him out. Mm. So he doesn't yeah. seem like he was ever in any jeopardy. Um, yeah. But maybe confronting, maybe he wanted to, because they all panic and they're trying to grab the stone from him. So maybe that is what, if they're kind of a collective mind, maybe that's what breaks their concentration. He says later, he says, oh, it's um, the focus of the monster's power is diverted. So now they're focusing yeah. on getting Jim back and not controlling this big mound of um, mm -hmm. dirt. Um, so it's time to act. Yeah, yeah. I, I like in the uh, page twenty, the next page after the 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 battle with the ghouls, up up and away. Yep. And away. yep. Such a callback to <laughs> the, the original Superman and the, the, mm. the serials and everything. I love it. it was really great. <laughs> yeah. And he just throws. You know, he's uh, and he and which is what I didn't understand because. When he's when the Phantom Stranger is in with all the ghouls, that to me feels like that's a, a like a meta representation. He's not really physically there. It's kind of it's all in the spiritual plane or something because he seemed mm -hmm. to phase into this yeah. mound. But he does physically grab the gem or the gem which is in the stone, and then when he Superman pushes into space, he is still mm -hmm. he pulls himself out of it by grabbing. Superman's arm. So he was physically in mm. the dirt, not just kind of on a, not like on the astral plane or something. Mm. But that's um, it. Maybe he can phase between, uh, you know, reality and maybe. an astral plane. Yeah. And the, and the sort of astral plane or other dimension is within that big clod of, uh, of the ground. Dirt. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So we can't see it, but he can go into it and come out of it. Yeah, it, well, is, we get, it is inter interesting that this clod of dirt is now just orbiting the sun rather than just pushed <laughs> into the sun. Well, I'm sure, it could burn up or but... something. <laughs> so, um, yeah, you think he would throw it, it into his, well? Mm. A little bit know. of a backdoor for a future story, or does that come maybe? Up maybe if you read five eighty nine, maybe. <laughs> I'm reading that after this episode. Read, yeah. Yeah. Five nine. Yeah. It's a, it's a um, that's a good and one then, too. Yeah. The the next to the last page where he's shoving the stuff out into space. Yeah. He actually actually in another in a later episode of the Superman uh, title, 
He does the same thing with something similar, like an old, he finds an old disused, like, laboratory or something. Oh, that's right. That's um... In issue three or four. And he does the same thing. He takes that up into space, because that's the one where he's trying to, where Byrne was trying to explain, in Superman's words, how he actually is able to lift these great big... Yeah. Uh, objects into space yeah it's more mental after a certain amount he's yeah. more mental for him to um and so and th- th- this would have been drawn just a bit before that wouldn't it that's isn't that the lab where metallo came from yeah possibly yeah i think so yeah, because maybe, when yeah we, yeah so it's actually number one is it that's issue one superman, superman one yeah yep ah so he had already drawn that as well then according to the yeah uh, letters page yeah well the mm. that was a kind of a running joke and I, I didn't ever watch a lot of it but the superman the animated series that came on um mm. with uh but the batman animated series that that was his solution to everything he threw something in the sun or he threw it into the bay that's how he, <laughs> yeah. he that's how he kind of accomplished everything but mm. um yeah the sun and jamaica bay have a lot yep. of crap <laughs> <laughs> that's right <laughs> well oh going back oh. to the splash page <laughs> wow um, Nigel. right back to the beginning yeah what do you I make of the all over again another <laughs> no no i'm not i'm only no, going to this die. page <laughs> <laughs> the gravestones uh as as you can see the four of them have got the names of the you know the creative team on them yeah. But then there are two gravestones with just initials on them. Do you think they're meant to be anybody's initials? There's a PB next to the burn one. And 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 what looks like AS on the one that's laid down in front of Costanza. I don't know. It doesn't match up with any... Uh... Are they meant to refer to anybody uh, in particular? Don't know. PB. Mm, I I was thinking about that, and yeah, I couldn't find any names that. Let's well, the say. only the only one I found that was PB was uh, on the on the letters page. There's a list of like publishers and presidents and things like that at the top, and there's a there's a Pat Bastien, managerial editorial coordinator. That's the only PB I could find. But I thought, who the hell is Pat Bastien? You know what? I I think this is a task for our amazing and talented researcher, Brian Hughes. (laughs) If anyone can find out what those stand for, it will be him. (laughs) Yeah. And and on the cover, on the cover, the one, the, the, the gravestone nearest the bottom of the cover, it says Fanto. Yeah. I saw that too. I could tell who that was. Uh, I don't know who that was. Uh, is that something it's not to do the... With the printing? Is it Fantograph or something like Maybe. that? Maybe. <laughs> it's not the right. the creator of the Phantom Stranger was uh, um, Carmine, Carmine Infantino drew him first and it was uh, mm-hmm. not John Broom. It was um, uh, not Haney. It was um, yeah, the other older, older DC guy. I can't remember his name right now, but um, yeah, I thought it was, um, this was a, my, my, my question was, we had just established that Superman is vulnerable to magic. Now, does that, would that mean that when he's going up against, it doesn't seem to affect him when he's fighting off this mound, which is obviously 
magically controlled. Mm-hmm. So wouldn't his, I don't know how his vulnerability of magic works. Would, if these r- magical rocks and dirt and stuff are hitting him, would that negate his invulnerability and be like, you or me being hit by hurricane force rocks? Or is it just, I, I didn't understand that. And the fact that he could destroy the gym at the end. If that's still kind of a magical gem, I don't think he'd be able to crush it. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, that's, um, I mean in, that's that's nitpicky, so I'm fine with it. It's uh... yeah. In the pre-crisis, <laughs> he just if someone started doing if he started fighting a magical creature, he was kind of inert against it. He couldn't really use his superpowers against it. Right. So um, with this, I'm not quite sure uh, exactly well, it, how yeah. much. His his vulnerabilities would kick into play here. Um, maybe the fact that he could fight the physical elements because they were stones and rocks that were maybe. actual just regular stuff, but he couldn't disable the the mound itself because it was magically created. But he could fight it because it had physical elements. Maybe that's the part right. of it. That It'd be work. no different if somebody was controlling it telekinetically. I guess he would. Yeah. Yeah, did the same yeah, thing. Yeah. But that's, that's another yeah. that's another assignment for Brian. I want Brian to explain that. There we so. go, Brian. Yeah. That's what it, you it get only, for not being here. <laughs> <laughs> it only seems to get a good hitting on Superman once on page eleven. But it, it sends back, him kind of backhands him, yeah. It sends him flying, yeah, into the into the earth and gave him a good whack. It did give him a good whack. <laughs> so he it can kind of yeah cause him trouble physically, I guess, if it gets yeah. a hit on. Yeah, mm-hmm. it didn't seem to be too bad. Well, that's when he discovers that it's and I like his. Um, so then he's kind of avoiding physical contact a bit more with it after that. He's just well, he's, trying to stop its movement. Yeah. Right, because he's still he's still concerned about. If it's sentient, because he, yeah, he yeah. has an argument with Phantom Stranger about, well, if they can think, then it's mm. it's got a good claim on life. And he's like, no, mm. no, no, it's just, it's just, it's not really. And he goes, that's what I didn't tell you, because we were going to have this argument. The Phantom Stranger has done his homework. Yep. Yeah. Yep. He knows exactly what's going he on. He knows that what's going on. Yeah. yeah. He's like, yeah, I know you two have this code you have imposed upon <laughs> yourself. <laughs> it doesn't, I, I don't agree with it, but you know what? That's your yeah. code. So, you know what? You're done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good stuff. Yeah, it was overall a good story. What'd you guys think? I liked yeah. it. I liked it a lot. It's, it's been, I've, of course, I read this off the rack. And I, this has always okay. been one of my more, yeah, I was, mm. I followed Burn over there and I was collecting all the Burn stuff. So I was kind of getting introduced to DC because uh, then Legends came out and I was getting introduced to more characters. Um, so I thought it was a, it was a, it's not overly, it's not scary or anything. It no. is kind of creepy, no. but I do, mm. I do like the way Burn has drawn this. Uh, I would love a, a Burn Phantom Stranger series. He just did more of this mystical stuff. Instead of just the superhero stuff, mm-hmm. um, you know, mm-hmm. this looks like something you would see in uh, like Dracula or again, all those great 70s haunted house books that were just kind yeah. of anthologies. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I yeah. think it's a it's a good balance of the kind of supernatural stuff that you're getting from Phantom Stranger and the more physical elements 
of Superman. Yeah. Combined it well into a yeah a one yep. a one issue story. Well, apparently, uh, I did. Uh, I couldn't find anything on Burn Robotics. Uh, I had to do that research. And Brian's not here. He's our our uh, resident Burn Robotics be. expert. But <laughs> the only comment that Burn himself made on it was, I guess, in 2012 they did a another Phantom Stranger series where they actually gave him uh, a backstory. They gave him an identity, and in that. Uh, and I can't remember who wrote and drew it, uh, but he was Judas, um, and he was punished for. Forgive me if I'm getting my my religion wrong here. He was punished for betraying Christ, and he was doomed to, I guess, walk the earth, kind of as a you know to help humanity. And that necklace he wears is made out of thirty pieces of silver, and I guess he has to kind of atone for himself. Then he'll eventually get to go to heaven, and. Mm-hmm. Okay. I guess Byrne did not like that. Byrne was kind of agreed, like we all said. He doesn't need a backstory. He don't need to know where he came from. That's why he's called, they, he said, they didn't understand what the term stranger means. He's a phantom stranger. <laughs> don't need to know who he is. Um, so, Matt, you don't have to put up, you know, I mean, I would have been fine if they never told us who Wolverine was. Little bits and pieces they gave us mm. were fine. You, know, you don't have to know all that. I'm I'm with you on that, you know. I, I again, you know, I expressed that earlier with like Storm and Raven. Mm-hmm. I kind of like somewhat having nebulous background stories, like with Wolverine, and mm-hmm. you know. Uh, so yeah, um, sometimes you don't need to know an origin story. It's cool. I mean, you want to know it, but then sometimes when they reveal it, you're like. Okay, uh, now there's no mystery to the character. I don't care exactly. about it. You know? yeah. <laughs> so yeah, like with Wolverine, um, I just I only like the fact at the time uh, that all the information that I have in the 70s up until about 85 when I stopped um, actively pursuing X-Men was that all we knew of, he was a Canadian agent for Alpha Flight originally, and he's like, F, you know, F you. I'm going to do my own thing. And that was it. It was like, okay, who is this guy? Um, but yeah. Well, you don't need to know. I mean, I think to your yeah. point of, you don't need to know. I mean, you can reveal someone's motivation and, or and what drives them. Hint at yeah, things. Can, exactly. It, yeah. Um, the fact, you know, the fact it was great about this now it's become a Wolverine show, you know, just, they would hint at how old he was <laughs> that he would been around for, you know, a hundred years or whatever. You didn't know. And I would think, as a writer, that's fine because if you start giving everyone a hard and fact, you know, chiseled in stone backstory, then that hampers any kind of story I'm going to do coming along later. If you keep it right. nebulous, then I you can write whatever. So, yeah, I didn't like that. I didn't like that when they sort of suggested that he was, you know, over a hundred years old or whatever. <laughs> yeah. uh, I thought, oh come on. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, uh, uh, any final words? I think we did a, a pretty good job covering it. I, I'm glad you guys had not read it. So the, it sounds like yeah. uh, you really enjoyed it, John. And I, I, it's always been one of my favorite of the uh, of the team ups that he did while he was doing action comics because it is a little different than your standard superhero story. And yeah. it introduced me to the Phantom Stranger, and it had some kind of. And I think it's a perfect Halloween book. Because it is dealing with um, yeah. kind of ghosts and and uh, revenge and and 
specters and things like that. So glad you guys both enjoyed I, it. I did. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And looking up some stuff, um, there are, were two showcase editions of the Phantom Stranger, Tim, and that would mean that they're all in line art, black and white. Ooh, so, nice. Uh, and they are available on Amazon at fairly reasonable prices from 19, uh, you know, 20, 30 bucks. So, uh, or 20 to 25 bucks. So, um, and you know that those showcases have at least 25 issues in them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that is a deal. And I mean, we're picking up. That may be worth picking up. Yeah, if you're interested in just seeing it not in color, but in the black and white, like you like you mentioned earlier, uh, that might be interesting for those showcase editions. Um, um, but otherwise, you know, of course, it's available as a uh, or, uh, it was, you know the omnibus came out recently. I'm sure it's on Kindle. But yeah, no, um, great great pick for this. A lot of fun. Uh, totally bring brought in the old um, House of Secrets type of stuff mm-hmm. and. Uh, just, just a lot of fun. Thanks, thanks for suggesting yeah. it. No, no, it was great. I'm glad. Uh, I want to thank both of you for coming on. It's, uh, as always, uh, it's always a pleasure to have Nigel on. Uh, I want to say you guys did a great show. You covered uh, year one, or uh, excuse me, not year one, hidden years. Um, <laughs> hidden years issue hidden one. Years, issue one. Yeah. Uh, yep. That was a great That's show. Issues two and three will be coming out shortly. So there you go. Uh, this is posted. So we're looking forward to that. Right, Nigel? Yeah. Yes. Yep. That's right. Yeah. Are you guys going to start try to do them? Kai Kirk and I do them two at a time? Yes. Yeah. yeah. You, yeah. you guys set the standard. So oh. we think that the time is good. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's that's Kirk and I'll get, you know, we we kind of get in, we cover them. We don't do a, a panel by panel. We we cover them, we get over them and, you know, we're hour, hour and 10 minutes, 15 minutes, we're done. So that's yeah. a perfect that's a perfect length um, for that. In fact, I'm gonna record to him tomorrow morning to record uh, 13 and 14. Yeah, yeah. yeah. gamer is pretty really awesome. So yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. Enjoy- I'm having a lot, I'm I'm a lot of fun. Yeah. I haven't read those yeah. uh, in forever, but um, yeah. those those have been a lot of fun. And and just well, so that folks know, X Men Hidden Years Omnibus will be out in January of next year. Nice, mm-hmm. nice. So, I, I probably won't be getting it because I have all the original issues, but um, it's tempting for sure. Uh, but it is um, uh, something that I have all the original issues of. So yeah. I got to yeah. be well, careful. Sometimes it's nice to pull that book out and just look through it instead of digging your issues out and, or, or read it. Just read yeah. them digitally. Just read them digitally. Yeah. And it's so more convenient that way. But yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah so this is a great issue. Yeah, I I I don't think I'll get the omnibus either. Um, I've got all the issues of the hidden years. Uh, as I was telling you though, John, before, I was tempted to get one of the uh, sets of stories because it had that it had that preview for hidden years in it. Yeah. The the like the ten page story that appeared in another X Men comic. Yeah. Uh, but when I looked at the price. Uh, and yeah. with the postage and uh, handling and everything, for me it was going to cost the equivalent of about eighty three dollars or something like that. Wow! Wow! <laughs> uh, and and when I only wanted real, I only want it for a ten page story. It's a bit dear. Yeah. A ten page yeah. story was not worth it that much. No, no, no. Okay, well I think we're. Uh... We can wrap this up again. I want to thank both of you for coming on. It's always a, a pleasure to record. 
Uh, yeah. If anybody listening wants to uh, solve our questions on why does Superman is able to uh, defeat this uh, this magical being, then you should write us uh, an email at gottagetburned at gmail.com. Or, or, you could who res- mis- or who the mysterious initials um, right. are. Exactly. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> our assignment to our readers. Uh, or you can reach out to us on Facebook. That's where we normally post our shows, and it's probably the easiest way to find out when new things are coming out. I will be... I'll be reposting a lot of our Halloween shows from the past, just putting them on Facebook. So if people are new to our group, they will, maybe they haven't gone back and looked at our old catalog. So they will, it's just a way of like, Hey, these are good. These are good. Um, these are good uh, stories too. Yeah. Um, so uh, for third degree burn, uh, I'm Tim Elliott. I'm John Hyatt. And I'm Nigel Spink. Listen, you smell something. Have a happy Halloween, everyone. Yeah, happy Halloween. Thanks for listening. You can find us and many other great shows at tutufreaks.com. That's T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S.com. Third Degree Burn is spelled with the number three, R-D-D-E-G-R-E-E-B-Y-R-N-E, and is part of the Tutu Freaks network of shows. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Just look for Third Degree Burn, spelled with the number three, and Burn spelled B-Y-R-N-E. Compliments, complaints, and recipes can be sent to gottagetburned at gmail.com. That's G-O-T-T-A-G-E-T-B-Y-R-N-E-D at gmail.com. Drop us a line and tell us how we're doing. Till next time, this has been Third Degree Burn. Some men aren't looking for anything logical, like money. They can't be bought, bullied, reasoned, or negotiated with. Some men just want to watch the world burn.